0: are bottom of the smash mountain i would like to thank my patron supporters over at patreon.com slash bsm pod for continuing to support me and what i'm doing today i have a very cool guest this is lil Mitz, someone who is very familiar at places like slippy sauce and friday night melee on the twitter you got a lot of great clips over at ssbm wait no wait hold on ssbm underscore lil Mitz. there you go i always I always get myself confused. Wait, is it before or after the SSBM? It just depends. It's the flavor. Do you want to do Lil Mitz SSBM or SSBM Lil Mitz? But you can check out all the socials in the Twitch as well. twitchtv slash Ben Eckerson if you want to check this player out. Ben, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's great to be here. Uh, like I say, I'm Lil Mitz. My name is also Ben, if people prefer that. And uh, yeah, I've been a pretty ambitious uh, melee player for the last six or seven years uh, since i got back into it from the smash dock i guess you could say i'm a smash dock or a dock kid in that sense but yeah um been frequenting the netplay tournaments ever since uh the covid hit and i'm just uh, yeah i'm happy to be here to talk about melee
0: very very cool so when you first got into melee it was before the dock then you were playing melee as a, as a small child or doing something to that effect is that correct
1: well yeah I played it when I was a kid you know I was like the a big on doing adventure mode with Link but that was before I had any concept of like a community or anything like that so it wasn't until I got shown the Smash documentary by some friends around when it came out that I was like oh there's this whole other competitive side of it and immediately I just knew that I had to join and be a part of it so I started running my own tournaments just going to as many Smash events as I could and uh, yeah.
0: If you don't mind me asking, where are you based from? Can we get, can we go from North America to narrow it down slightly? Right. Don't want to yeah. dox you. Don't want to dox you.
1: No, no worries. Yeah, so I'm in Canada and I'm pretty far out on the east coast right now. I'm living in Nova Scotia, and so it's a bit smaller of a community than I, I was starting my degree at York University in Toronto. So I got used to like going to weeklies and like three or four weeklies every single week type thing. Because the the community out there is just so rich and there's so much to go to and. um But yeah, out here I've been used to a little bit lesser of a melee experience, but that's okay for the time being.
0: Well, let's take a brief aside. You're not missing in the Ultimate Nemesis department. Shoutouts to NS Frog who listens to the podcast every now and again. Hopefully he's listening to this one, because I'm sure Frog might be interested to hear your thoughts, Ben, on that matchup.
1: Well, I was just playing Frog earlier today, actually. So it's fresh in my mind. Well let's just say for starters i think that um the the falcon puff matchup right that's what that's what you mean It is so grab-oriented. I feel like whoever gets the grab just carries and leads the neutral. And the two of us, we have these back-and-forth sets. He's the the player, Frog. I've played more than any other melee player, if you check my PG stats. And he's got the lead in terms of our uh, wins. And I think a large part of that is because he's able to carry through with committing to this high-grab kind of game sort of thing. He knows that if he gets the grab, he's going to be able to put himself into a position to get up airs, and he's going to knee me because i'm not the type of jigglypuff player who wants to stay out in space and hold positioning in back air i want to go in and frog takes advantage of that perfectly consistently to make it a very hard time for me but yeah i think it has a lot to do with the grab if jigglypuff is getting the grab she can get a lot of rest reaction tech chase stuff off so
0: how mad would you be if instead of wife in the documentary talking about the different styles and instead it's you and Frog and maybe someone like Petra. I don't know. Shoutouts to Petra by the way, also Nova Scotia and legs. Woo woo. But I wanted to <laughs> I'm just thinking like, how does it work? Petra can beat Frog, but Frog can beat can beat you, but you could be Petra maybe? Is that? Is oh yeah, I that say that's fair.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's that's definitely a fair way to put it. Yeah, if there's like a an echelon of players, Frog kind of represents this gatekeeping position in Nova Scotia Melee, where he loses to the best of the best, but anybody who's not the best of the best just loses to him pretty much consistently. And whereas I would say that Petra is like this up and comer, she's starting to take names and getting to the point where she's challenging some of these that level players. And uh, I'm like somewhere in the middle, I think, between Frog and Petra, because I think I just have a bit more uh, major tournament experience, I think. I grinded it pretty hard when I was in Toronto, so I think that makes a big difference.
0: <laughs> so who did you play first, though? Because if you were watching the doc, you might have been inspired by Mango's Puff, but they didn't cover Mango's Puff a whole lot. It was like, yeah, 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 Mango, one, pound, three. Now check out his Falco. <laughs> check yeah, out the frogs Yeah, true.
1: No, that's a good point, yeah. I mean, I feel like... Honestly, getting into Jigglypuff was like something that happened as a result over time because when I started, I, I thought Marth and Falco were the coolest characters. Like Mango and M2K were my biggest inspirations. And it wasn't until I kind of got into Melee as more of a spectator sport that maybe I gained more of an appreciation for Jigglypuff, largely because of HBox and stuff. Like I still remember vividly, I used to work at Tim Hortons, and it was in the middle of the summer when EVO 2016 was happening. And I kept coming back from the counter because I wanted to go out Back on my phone to watch the finals and watching Hungrybox win it was just like so hyped to me. And then as I got more and more into Melee, you know how they say if you want to get good, you got to main one character. If you're trying to, you know, divide it between multiples, it can be a bit difficult to develop. And so it just started to come out that my Puff was better than my other characters. People kept telling me, Your Falco's no good, your Marth's no good, but your Puff is pretty good. You should focus on that. And I guess over time, I begrudgingly went with that until I made it my own right like at first I was like man this sucks I want to be a Falco main I want to be a Marth main but then when I found the way to make Jigglypuff or like to have her reflect the parts of Falco and Marth that I liked I guess that's when I was like yeah I can be a Puff main because I'm gonna make her sick just like I would make Falco or Marth sick you know what I mean
0: yeah, but going in is hard for Puff because there's not a lot of options to consistently get the openings that you want or you need, mainly because I would say even if her airspeed is good, she's still fairly slow, not great, not a whole lot of super amazing options like, you know, shines or lasers or right. a big swingy sword. I mean, I yeah. look at Hungrybox trying to play Zayn a- a- and any time after Zayn won Genesis 7, any-, any set since, and it just looks like Zayn knows pretty much exactly what he wants to do. And I know he's got it down yeah. to a science. It doesn't happen by accident. Okay. It's not like Zane accidentally started beating Hungrybox, but it oh, yeah. the, the, the just makes it look so intimidating for Hungrybox to approach Zane
1: at all. Definitely, and I think a big part of that is because of the defensive game and how it's developed, right? Like you say, it's hard to get into Jigglypuff at first because she has some pretty good offensive tools like her air mobility, but she gets opened up really hard in neutral against certain other characters. So if you don't know how to play neutral in a defensive enough way that you can get your openings, like... You're gonna end up like Zayn versus Hungrybox, where Zayn has just figured out the defensive game so well to the point where it feels like when J- when Hungrybox gets his openings, he doesn't capitalize often as much as Zayn does. Right? Zayn gets his grabs, he gets a kill off it. Hungrybox sends Zayn off stage, and then he gets back. He doesn't secure the edge guard because the defensive meta has just developed to that point. Zayn's recovery is too good, you know. So. That's one area that excites me, though, is because I think that edge play in that regard is going to become a big deciding factor in that moving forward. If, like, for example, using Jigglypuff, you approach the ledge and you do a uh, runoff sing to grab the ledge, it, it creates the impression that you're going forward to edge guard off stage, but then you snag the ledge and gain that invincibility, and that completely shifts how each player is going to react to it. Like from the perspective of a Marth or a Captain Falcon, they're going to look at that and go, okay, well, he grabbed the ledge. I am kind of need to go on stage now. And that's exactly where Jigglypuff wants you to have, to force you to go, right? So I, I do think there's ways that Puff can push the defensive and offensive meta in that matchup. But right now, Zane has just totally got it locked down. His defense and offense are just so tight that it makes, it makes the matchup look impossible when really I don't think it is. I think it's Puff favored.
0: Oh, it's a puff favorite matchup. Let's go. Okay, I think that the edge guard is the big part that's missing there. When it's puff edge guarding Marth, there, there's you don't have, you don't have your get out of jail free card. You don't have something that's kind of dummy broken like a like a shine or something to that effect. I think I think Falcon and Puff have about just as hard of a time of edge guarding because I see I see players like S2J or None play against Zane and they're just like, do we do 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 we stomp in place will that catch him maybe like you know, I don't know. But, but then she <laughs> she and fox and falco have shines and lasers and needles it's like oh man yeah. if only i had that what yeah. so you, you mentioned runoff saying what would you say because like in my head i think i think you just need to try to track with marth more because as puff you have jumps. So can't you try to go out there and challenge the Marth in the air because their Mm. recovery resources are so much more limited compared to yours? I mean, what are they going to do? Or if they're going to swing and hit you with the sword, then that means they're going to fall, continue to fall closer to the blast zone. I, I wonder about how aggressive can you get with Puff trying to challenge Marth, not just at the ledge, but further out as the Marth is trying to recover.
1: Well, it's an awareness thing too, right? Like a Marth knows, is super cognizant when you get sent off stage that you want to kill them because it's before the up B comes out that you want to gimp them the earliest, right? But yeah, I think that going out early to try to get Marth is a good idea, except for the fact that Marth can use side B, air dodge, and sometimes these early aerials, like fair comes out really fast to negate that if they have the awareness to do that, right? Like, it's sort of a maybe a 50 50 in that sense because you can go out and hard commit to a deep ledge guard. And if they throw out a fair to cover it and they whiff, that's your opening. That's the stock. You just took it, right? But at the same time, if you overextend, and less so with Puff, more so with everybody else, but if you overextend, Marth can turn it around on you. Yes. Like, even if you get too close and they do an early up B, they can reverse it and send you flying off the, off the top. So.
0: Yeah. Right, especially if you have high damage. I mean, that and that's the other thing with Puff. If you if your playstyle Ben is more of the I would like to go in and be aggressive variety, then I imagine it's also tough with Puff because depending on the character, you're at death percent between sixty and eighty percent most of the time. Let's just say at a right. median average, maybe not mm-hmm. necessarily against somebody. Like, uh, okay, no, I'm not going to be mean to other to, to 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 anyone in the cast for the for the game, but you're obviously playing high tiers and top tiers most of the time anyway especially in brackets so how do you how do you go about playing a style that you say I'm good with this this is me I'm not forcing myself to become ultra campy defensive because I'm at my last right. stock and I'm at 100
1: No yeah I hear what you're saying and I I think um a big part of it is knowing when to be repetitious and when to throw in a mix-up. I think that's the big differentiating factor. It's because there's, there's there's one thing to be committed to like a game plan or, a, or a, a, per, a particular play style, but it's another thing to adapt and to do something that your opponent's not going to expect. And I think that's a big thing for me, is that regardless of, like, if I'm going against a matchup like a super campy Peach or a super campy Falco, I might adapt to that, by holding stage positioning like a little bit tougher like spamming back air in one place but I'm only going to do that for a little while before I try to go in for like an empty hop grab or something like that to mix them up because I think the biggest advantage you have in melee or one of the biggest advantages is the fact that your opponent doesn't know what you're going to do but if they see you do one thing they're going to try to predict what you're going to do so then you can mess with that expectation right they see oh well he's just staying above platform and using bear maybe they're going to come and approach platform and then I know Okay, I'm going to drop a low platform and just get the switch around on you. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that that's a big part of it is that that adaptability you have to implement.
0: So what would you say is the most enjoyable part of playing melee at this point of your of your career? You know, if you've been that's playing a great competitively since. 2013 2014 and you mean business in the online era you got a nice little stream going and playing a lot of online slippy melee which is great it it allows you to be able to play the people around you that are you know like close to this part of the this part of the northeastern whatever but you get you get you get great people out here to play melee netplay against but Maybe it's not just the fact that the game is fun. Maybe you love the competition. Where Where do you come from when it comes to, I'm just going to play more Melee after having done it for seven plus years?
1: See, that's the thing, man. That's such a great question because Melee is so much, right? Like it's you can't pin it down to one thing because it's the whole range. It's It's the most complicated relationship. Like if you were going to have a relationship with Melee on Facebook, it would be, it's complicated because... Melee makes you want to strive to improve yourself. Sometimes it makes you feel like a badass, like you just pulled something off, you clutched out a moment in game or whatever. Other times it makes you feel like a failure, like you're just like worthless because you didn't do good enough to your own standards. But then you got to take a step back and realize, well, why am I putting so much in this game? Why does it mean so much whether you win or lose or do well or don't do well? And for me, I guess what that comes back to is that shared love of experience for the game. Like I've won some clutch sets, but in ways doing like a rollout on Randall or something that makes the commentators go, yo, like that's m- worth more. You know what I mean? So I think it's partially that feeling that keeps you coming back. It's just the idea that you'll be able to do something and like as a spectator, I can enjoy watching Melee and go, yo, somebody just did that crazy thing that somebody could watch me and have that same feeling. I think that's the biggest pushing factor, man.
0: It reminds me of whenever I hear Mango talk about like why he keeps playing the game. And it's just, aside from the fact that he gives the usual simple answer of it's the best game of all time. I think it's just that there's feelings you love chasing and achieving and it's not always placing first at a tournament. Sometimes it's just, I want to make the crowd think I'm the best player today and not necessarily the results of the bracket. (laughs) Totally.
1: yeah, I totally feel that. And that's why I've had experiences in bracket where to me, like, for example, I was playing in this online tournament. I think it was a Waddle Wednesday recently, and I ended up playing Bobby Big Balls in Losers Finals. And first he went Pikachu, and then he went Ganondorf. I took both of those games. Then he switched to Fox and beat me. He beat me with Fox a second time, and then for Game 5, he switched to Falco. And that moment, I was like, that's the win right there, is that I got him to switch to his main for the last game. Like, he must, for at least a little bit, be worried about losing, right? <laughs> and then when we played that Game 5 just a couple of few seconds into it, he side off the side and kills himself. And where I respect that, in, especially in this net play era, a lot of players probably would have taken that. They would have said, yo, this is my chance to get a win on a top 100 player. <laughs> this
0: is my but, chance.
1: Yeah, this is the moment. But to me, I was like, I wouldn't feel right to win that way. So I homie stalked, even though I've never met Bobby. You know what I mean? Like, it's just an online turn. It's not like it was, there's any money on the line. But I guess that's a big part of it for me. Is just kind of like that, uh, like honor makes it sound too honor. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but but I think that um, winning on your own terms is a, is a big thing with me.
0: That's because... really cool because I would yeah. totally take that. I'd be like, it's tournament. I'm not. I'm not only <laughs> stuck.
1: You're gonna switch characters and you're gonna go from spacey to spacey. Side by off stage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you wanted to win on your own terms. Let's go. D- yeah. D- You didn't win, did you?
1: No, I didn't. I definitely lost. And that that has happened other times, too. Like (laughs) (laughs) The last IRL tournament I went to was a New Brunswick event back in September. And I played against, uh, I think at the time, number one PR in New Brunswick, the Marth Main Mar. And we were playing in Losers Finals. And it was like last stock, game five. And I went for some really stupid roll out on Randall thing and I died for it and lost the set. And I was like, well you know what? If I had gotten it, it would have been cool, right? Like if I'm not willing to go for it on the very last stock, then I shouldn't go for it at all at any point. Right. So (laughs) that's how I look at it anyways.
0: (laughs) That's really cool. But you're you're getting to express yourself. So like there there are people like me who would say, and no thank you to the homie stocks in bracket. And then there are people who say I just don't really want to interact in bracket just S- want to fly yeah. away and do the camping thing i want to i want to always lead in with uh with shines i want to always get a falcon punch once a set you know st- just you <laughs> know random things like that you can express yourself in melee in so many different ways and Definitely. i think that's why people who play it and give it enough time and hopefully are not playing against a top 100 player because it's not really much fun to play when you're new to Melee and then someone's just like, you will not touch me this game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But other than that, when you play the game, you find after you play for a little while, wait, I'm kind of finding a groove where this is what I like to do in particular, and the game allows me to do that. There's like an entire, entire landscape of what you could possibly do.
1: Yeah, and I think what it comes to a lot of the time, at least in the discussion sense, is what is optimal. People want to say, well, what's the best thing you can do to win? If it's the most optimal thing is to stay up in the air above top platform and just camp, circle camp, then why shouldn't we be allowed to do that? And I mean... I could see the credence to the argument. It's like, why would you not want to just laser camp and you know run shine across the bottom of the stage over and over and over again? It's like, well, that depends what you want to get out of it. If winning is the number one thing for you, then maybe that's the style you want to implement. But in terms of expression, if 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 how you express yourself through the game is important to you, which it is for me, then you think about ways to to play the game where you're interacting, you give your opponent an opportunity, but you overcome it in other ways, right? You win the the head-to-head, the neutral interaction. So I think personally that's more rewarding than if I was to be like a hardcore ledge circle camping puff and manage to get more wins, like, you know what I mean?
0: That's really cool, and you'll get your wins your own way, and it'll be all the more better. You're right, not paying. Exactly. You're not yeah. too paying. High, you're not paying too high of a price to actually get that done.
1: Definitely, definitely, because so, you know, at the end of the day, you got to be able to look at yourself in the <laughs> reflection of your GameCube controller. You know what I mean? <laughs> and decide whether or not you're like making the experience as a whole good for you and good for other people, and. You know, that's not necessarily important to everybody because everybody gets something else out of the game, but it's, that's part of it for me, I think. You
0: were talking about TOing. How early did you try to run your own stuff?
1: Okay, so I was in high school. I was in grade 10 was when I ran my first tournament, but it was for Smash 4. That was before I got into Melee. And then uh, it was after that that I, I found a venue in my local town where I just, like, asked the guy who owned it, like, can I come and run, like, a weekly event here? And it was one of those hometown regionals where some weeks we'd get two people, some weeks we'd get three people. If it was a great night, we'd get top eight. That was like a great night. But the memories and the relationships that formed out of that were super long lasting. Like I still talk to most of the people that showed up to those events and that I met because I ran those Melee events. And that's... One of the best parts about Melee, to be honest, is that it has this great social aspect that draws people in and then you get to learn more about them. And you kind of, it's sappy to say, but grow from each other in a sense, like not even just in the game. But like I've met Smash homies who have like just made me better people and made me better at Smash. So I think that's that's an awesome part of it. And that's something that I got to experience with running tournaments. So I'm glad that I started doing that at an early at an early point.
0: That's really really cool, and I love I love the part about improving each other outside of the game as well. I think that's like the the healthiest sign of a community is that not only is everybody getting along, but everybody's also just kind of lifting each other up. It's not necessarily in a in a in a way that you picture just a bunch of people saying "You are awesome, you are awesome, you are awesome." It's not Keanu Reeves pointing at everyone and saying "You're all breathtaking," but Right. it just sort of happens after a while you realize huh yeah this is cool so yeah would you cuz at the end of
1: the day not oh i'm sorry i no, mean interrupt you it's... i was just going to say to finish off the thought that like when you go to an event only one person is going to walk away the winner right but the fact that you make it an environment that everybody can enjoy their time and everybody's there for the love of competing or playing the game is just Yeah, it's an awesome part of it. I miss it because when I was in Toronto, I used to go to the Weekly Wave because it was right by York University. And at a certain point, the guy who ran it, who ran the Melee side of it, he had to drop out for whatever reason. So I reached out to him on Facebook. I said, hey man, I'm coming to the Wave every week. Do you want me to start running it if you're not going to be there? And he said, sure. So I started running the Weekly Wave, being the one to TO it, for like two, three, maybe four weeks. And then the building got shut down due to COVID. And I had to leave. And I was like, No! But I did take that EMG memory card, I'll be honest. I did snag one of those EMG memory cards, because I was like, Vanilla Stadium, let's go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know when you were going to see Vanilla Stadium again, and lo and behold, a few months later in June, you're like, oh, Oh.
1: Recall, recall, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, excellent work, Fizzy. You you couldn't do it for for you know regular stadium. <laughs> That's really unfortunate. I guess I'll just have to play on frozen stadium now. Because <laughs> the uh, transformations not- don't usually benefit Puff all that much. I mean, what are your thoughts? I like
1: him, though. I love that if it was actually up to me, like legitimately, I would say, leave the transformations alone. I want to leave all of Melee alone. I get mad when I see people who are like, we should make the random platforms on FOD disappear and we should get rid of Shy Guys and Wispy's wind is really annoying. It's like, okay, no, leave it alone. There's a line UCF is great. I would not get rid of UCF, but I think, and like, I think maybe the line, if we're going to define it would be Vanilla Stadium. Like I would accept that. (laughs) <laughs> as like the one thing, but you gotta leave the rest of it alone, man. Listen, if you start taking away the things that make the stages in melee unique, eventually we're gonna have Smash sixty four, and that's Aww. not a that's not a horrible thing because I love Smash sixty four, but they only have one legal stage, and I think that's kind of lame.
0: You know, even with the fact that Smash Remix has about eight variations of Dreamland, where it's Dreamland but it's themed for different for different franchises. Like there's one for for. Metroid, and there's one for this kind of like in between like Majora's Mask and like a fantasy land. There's like all kinds of variations. You get it. And I say to myself, watching people play vanilla 64 now, and I see them going to Dreamland over and over again, and I'm like, I know you're using Remix to play that vanilla only (laughs) Smash 64 tournament. Why don't you just go ahead and select the Star Fox? The Star Fox version of Dreamland, or the Kirby version of Dreamland? No, not the Kirby <laughs> version of Dreamland. Dang it! I'm gonna let you talk now. I need to just sit on that for a second and t- hold it.
1: I know, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah,
0: unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable! The Kirby version of Dreamland. Gosh. So, I wanted to ask you about your your local experiences. And it's really unfortunate that you didn't get to like fully take over wave there, but you have also gone to majors, and we'll talk about majors. And it's you know what I should say this question for after we talk about majors. What was your first one?
1: Uh, My first major was Super Smash Con in 2016. It's actually where I got this controller shell that I'm still using.
0: Wow, my my
1: brother bought it for me, dude. It was such a cool experience for me because when I realized that summer that like I like I said I saw Evo 2016 in July and I was like. that shit is awesome i gotta experience this firsthand and so i started this job at tim hortons and i started saving up to go to super smash con and since i was only 16 at the time i had to have an adult come with me but neither of my parents gave a crap about super smash con so they didn't want to come so what i ended up doing was paying to fly my brother who's 10 years older than me from alberta to where smash con is held out in virginia so that way i could go to the event and man it was so awesome it was so cool because like I got to experience the full caliber of things from awkwardly asking one of the people from the Smash Doc for a photo and then immediately regretting it, like, oh, that was so awkward. Why did I do that? To like being on a setup, just like playing friendlies by myself and being approached by like M2K, who's just like, hey, can I just like try your controller for a second? Because I like just got this one and I just want to see how it compares. I'm like, yeah, sure, Jason, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? It It was so awesome. And oh, and you know what that reminds me too? I got to play Axe in pools and that was the first time i'd ever played a top player in tournament and i got uh seven stocked because on my first the first game i got four stocked and then in the second game i took one stock by runoff sing grabbing the ledge and like to grab like where axe was gonna like snap snap you beat the the zip zip yeah i beat the (laughs) zip zip and axe turned to me and was like yo that was so cool and i was like i can just unplug i can just unplug right here this actually <laughs> said something i do was cool like i'm good man that's the, that's the highlight oh <laughs> uh, yeah that was, it was so good i had to go again the next summer I went to the next smash con too they were really good someday i'm gonna get that third one someday
0: what if they say that they're doing only monitors for smash con 2022 like they're doing for pound
1: honestly i'm more okay with that because it's the, the technology is developed so far, but the only thing that's weird for me is when they do monitor Melee, that's widescreen. Mm. That's whack. If you leave the aspect ratio alone, I am all in. But if you stretch that out, I'm out. It feels that's, that's really
0: disorienting, like, even to just watch. I'm like,
1: what is happening? What's going <laughs> like, on? I already barely know from my DI if I'm gonna live or die with widescreen. It's just completely screwed up. It I just I want, can't tell.
0: I want my overlays <laughs> back. I want the big old overlays.
1: <laughs> I think there is something special about the the cathode ray tube televisions being mm-hmm. used for mainly. Though so I I've just got so many fond memories of carrying and lugging those suckers in and out of venues that it's, it's hard part to of imagine. The experience. That's exactly yeah that's right. I, I I can't imagine it without it. But
0: you'll it catch me like, a pound this going. year lugging around my CRT.
1: Let's go represent.
0: I want to start a CRT revolution. You all should let me know in the comments. Lead the CRT revolution. Unplug all the monitor setups. Just lead the East Coast in terms of all the people who are driving and do the thing. We'll see if uh, that catches on at all.
1: I think it'd be cool to just see if we could rally the entire Melee community to congregate to a single spot in North America, and everybody brings their cathode ray tube setups, all of their CRTs, and we just have like the biggest CRT gathering of all time. I think that would be <laughs> sick. It should be an annual thing.
0: <laughs> there could be a tournament somewhere out in Colorado, for instance. Colorado doesn't have any big... I don't even think they have a big regional, no offense, but they certainly don't have a big major or super major event. And I think Colorado, being the state that it is, it's also very central in North America, I feel like is the ideal spot. We find a big old, I mean, this also depends on the time of year for weather, I guess. I guess there's tornadoes that happen out there or something where it snows and then it melts instantly. I don't know. I've only been to Colorado once. But we got to get, We that's where we got to have the CRT event because it's within driving distance of everyone, even if it does take two days' worth of driving. Yes, I'm coming out. I got an 18-wheeler. I got 100 CRTs in this trailer. Let's (laughs) go.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. 100 CRTs, and you need 200 wires and 200 cubes, 200 copies of Melee. I'm always impressed when I go to Majors just for the sheer volume of setups that they have. Like It's really a sight to see. That's what I, I was so cool when I went to Gommel um about and i'm looking forward to going this year again as well but they have a whole room dedicated to friendlies you just walk in and there's just a whole circle little room of like friendly setups and then you walk out and it's the big giant venue dude there's nothing like it i miss it so much it's so much part of the melee experience for me sitting next to people at a venue and playing melee because it's where it all started but That's why I really liked your question earlier about what keeps me playing Melee, because now that we're two plus years into this pandemic or whatever, I've been playing Melee in front of my computer for so long, sometimes you get knocked out in a netplay bracket and you're like, man, I'm so far from the experience that I grew to love, but this is still better than nothing. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I'm still so thankful for Slippy, the fact that I can play online at all. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword, I guess.
0: Well, it is nice to think I could just go to bed right now, but who can go to bed after losing, like, a la- last game, last stock situation? Like, you, you just, like, pace you or whatever afterwards. Yeah.
1: You queue you to unranked. unranked. <laughs> oh, no, dude. Oh, that's
0: bad. That's bad. That's this
1: 2022 <laughs> Melee experience. Go 0-2 in some online bracket and just, like, fuck this. Go am going to unranked. Find some scrub that I can just gimp.
0: <laughs> there, that's how it feels. Okay, I can go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure.
0: So, I wanted to ask you about what you feel in terms of whether locals would be something you would do for the rest of your time playing melee or only majors for the rest of your time playing melee. Which one would you choose?
1: If I had to choose between one, um man, that is a tough question cuz locals are really the heart and soul of melee, right? People that show up to the locals, especially the non-top players, in my experience, like meaning the people who show up just because they love the game, they don't care that they go o two or like one two every week. They just show up because they love the the whole experience of it. Yeah, I guess I'd have to go with locals, man, because I can always watch a major from home. I can always get the boys together and like put up the projector and watch top eight of like Genesis, you know. But if I couldn't go to the locals, you'd be missing out on all like the local beefs and rivalries and like the inside jokes and stuff like that. I mean, who's ever going to
0: know about Lil mitts versus frog, unless you go to these, unless you go to exactly. Let's go
1: to NS. This is the only place you're going to see this high quality, uh, Falcon puff. That's what it is. Grab fest. Yeah. Serious grab fest from frog. Not me though. I don't, (laughs) I don't spam anything. (laughs) I'm completely unique.
0: You only have like four good moves. You have to spam something.
1: Yeah, but when crouch is one of my good moves, Uh, you can do anything out of crouch.
0: (laughs) It is always fun. One of my favorite rests is seeing someone whiff a grab and then the puff just rests them like
1: you thought. Yeah, like shouldn't be allowed to do that. Like any other character would just get grabbed. Puff just, nope. Yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) Well, it's the little things that keep you coming back to certain characters, I think.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. no for puff for me i i just love hitting rests like no matter how wonky it is like one day i think i've only done this once and it's also because i can't really play a lot of melee right now except i have an entire pc that has yet to be assembled but it's all right there i just have to build it this weekend that's the plan as of now so hopefully i'll get to play more melee uh, yeah. this, this computer, this laptop can't do it. But basically, basically, I've only done this once and I want to do it so many more times and eventually on stream or or in a set is get the rest against a side being Fox or Falco. That's one of my favorite rests. Because I agree, man. I love it when people grab Fox or Falco out of their side B. That's also super tasty when you get to right. see that, like, you really messed up. <laughs> and then they get, but you The
1: risk reward of resting the side B is so much higher. Because if you whiff a grab, like, eh, whatever. But whatever, yeah. They, they can shield pretty much instantly when they land on the ground with that side B. So if you miss the rest, bye bye. No, done. but I mean
0: resting them mid zoom. That's oh, what I'm like talking about. Oh,
1: like in the instant transmission? Yeah, dude.
0: That's what I'm talking about. I got that one time and I was like, oh, yes. I was so so happy.
1: I don't even think I'm gutsy enough to go for that, to be honest, because I feel like I would clank with the illusion. Yeah. It happens half the time, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, Um, it's not My
1: favorite rest is the the one that I've deemed the fire in the hole. It's when you get a rest in the magnifying glass outside the camera range. That's my favorite one, dude. (laughs) It never gets old.
0: You'll never do that in widescreen melee though. They're trying to take your fire in the hole away from you.
1: Yeah, that's BS. That's not fair, dude. There's no magnifying glass. I feel like the camera shenanigans and Jank is another one of the things in Melee that people are eventually going to be like, we should take to so The camera's no good. But like, you know, when you get stuck <laughs> in that on Stadium and nobody can see where anybody is, I love it. I, I love, love that. Yes.
0: No, you brought it back up and it's worth t- talking about again, because the people want fly guys to go away and they want FOD to uh, have a neutral starting position or the platforms to just not be there at all. I don't know. It seems like that comes a lot from the Mars, if you ask me, and then they also want to make, they also want to make the battlefield ledges fixed and whatever. I say that melee is where it is now because of not only people striving for perfection but also it's not just a clean environment of this will always do the thing i say that that even controllers and their in their shenanigans really keeps people invested to a certain degree because everybody always has this moment when playing melee where you say I am so close to being at, a, at the next level or to perfection or however you phrase it because a lot of us love chasing that in Melee because we want to be able to control our characters well and get certain situations to happen you're, you're chasing that feeling and there's all these things in your way like the stage being sh- like you, you get angry at the stage you get angry at your controller you get angry at your hands you get angry at the fact that you didn't drink water all day but there's all these things in the way and the fact that we keep donking our heads proverbially speaking on all that stuff I think is what makes it so much fun because when you get those moments, think of all the things you've had to overcome in order to make it happen, even if it's something relatively simple. Like my first... The first tournament game I remember winning was when I had three Falco forward smashes in a row against a Falcon that I had no business hitting it's not like it was a combo I just like called out the hit the Falcons option with a Falco forward smash three times in a row and that was last stock last hit and he's just like he's just like over next to me like shaking his head and he's laughing and I'm just like trying to like I'm like <laughs> I tried awesome, so I hard know. to keep it in because I'm excited. I won my first tournament game ever, but I'm also thinking, you don't want to rub
1: it in. Yeah, <laughs> I have to win.
0: I have to win another one. <laughs> like I don't
1: know if I'm it's gonna true. win.
0: Like this was such a close game, and I shouldn't have won. I might lose if I like celebrate. I'll be the biggest yeah,
1: you, idiot you at you, this. <laughs> to like leveling up, and they like use the motivation of losing to just, like at you. this
0: seven yeah. person local.
1: <laughs> it's Let's not go. like that's where can... it means everything. <laughs>
0: I have to see this person again next week. I I just keep raining. Rain how do in.
1: you think i feel as a jigglypuff man? i pop off on people that i got to see them next week like it's awful yes i just like i'm actually obligated to to pop off no but i like what you said about like melee and its imperfections because I, I really do think that part of what makes a melee so special are the imperfections and that's why i get a little bit hostile or a little bit apprehensive when people want to take out these things that like you say sure they can be an inconvenience in a competitive environment but i feel like because they're an inconvenience neutrally to everybody like everybody is inconvenienced by shy guys and wispy in the same way if in a given situation it benefits you or doesn't benefit you you know the inverse is true for your opponent and i think that that's like you say what brings people such immense satisfaction from doing well or doing something intentional in this game because it feels like between your opponent and the stages and the mechanics of the game there's so much working against you but you have the power to make it work for you and that's why it's so so tantalizing you know what i mean
0: yeah and something that i think a lot of people maybe they won't don't want to admit it but for transformations on stadium you can get into some super fun wacky situations on that stage and then it goes away it's not like it's pokey floats where it's continually and always maybe perhaps not maybe it shouldn't be tournament legal ever again but i i do (laughs) I do hope that 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 unfrozen stadium is is a thing at least at least at some tournaments right cuz I think for events like BTS and Summit where I think the stadium has been frozen for the past few for the past few Smash Summits for Melee that's fine that's fine but then for Smash World Tour it's unfrozen and I go ooh yay this is great I love this I love watching this sorry to anyone who hates it but I just love it so much
1: when i think to competitive tournaments in non frozen stadium, there are so many hype moments too, like Mango beating plup off the windmill or um Zane versus Wizro when he was doing those shenanigans off the left side on the fire transformation. And I love using the grass transformation because the traction gets messed up for mm-hmm. Jigglypuff's rollout out you roll out so much more. Like I'm pretty sure box got that on Leffen too. Like when you look at those awesome moments, where at least to me they're hype and awesome moments, then if you take those parts out of the game, does it make it a better competitive environment that's like neutral to everybody? Or does it just make it a lesser experience from the spectator side? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel like in a lot of cases that stuff is better left alone because a part of what makes Melee exciting to play and watch is how you overcome the stuff from the game that seems to be an obstacle. So
0: Yeah, think about Smash 4 and how everyone would play on town and city. Did you... The viewers and listeners of this podcast, did you enjoy watching competitive Smash 4 when they would always play at town and city? I don't think so.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Smash 4 was really hard to watch, which is why I didn't do much watching of Smash 4 competitive. I was like, this sucks, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness Ultimate's at least better to watch. I think so. I don't play Ultimate very much, but it's better to watch than Smash 4.
0: Yes, agreed. I, I think yeah. that they did a good job I think the probably the most balanced game, considering all the characters they have in that game, they had yeah. 80 plus opportunity or 90 plus opportunities to accidentally have a broken character. And you could say that their top tier characters in that game are broken, but I I don't think that's true. Nothing
1: cause... like what we've seen in the past. Nothing like Brawl Meta Knight or Bayonetta from Smash 4. Exactly. Like, if, if a character was that broken, it would have risen to yeah. you know awareness at this point so exactly. yeah that's a good point it's a testament to what they did on that game that there isn't doesn't seem to be one character that shines above the rest by like a wide margin but at what yeah.
0: cost at what cost ben because no gino well that's the cost yeah
1: because if you know in it he would have been better than everybody else obviously
0: and of course you could uh, the online the input lag how does anybody play that game i'm glad it exists because people just find melee by getting into ultimate so that's super cool but it's like
1: we look a little bit better by comparison because we have netcode true uh yeah no i do feel bad for the smash ultimate community in that sense that without irl events they're just damned to slow input lag input delay must be rough
0: Yes, indeed. Would you be willing to run a local if you had to also do an ultimate bracket and be responsible for that? Or would you say, uh, you get yourselves an ultimate guy. I'm going to focus on Melee.
1: No, I'd be fine with that if I had to, because I feel like there is a lot of bleed over. Like you say, there's people who see who play ultimate probably because it's the newest smash game. And then they see Melee and they want to give it a try. They want to see what all the hubbub is about. And then, um... Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with... uh, Because Smash Ultimate is objectively a very strong community. They have a lot of players who come. So I feel like if you were going to limit a tournament and be like, no, I only want to host Melee or something, then that's doing Melee a disservice in a sense because you want to give equal opportunity for people to show up and play the games that they are fond of. You know what I mean? You can't be like like hell i put as many as i want like i think other fighting games are cool i want there to be dragon ball fighters at my melee tournament you know what i mean like let's get a corner for all these different games oh yeah that sounds super cool i I wouldn't i wouldn't say that like ultimate or any other game is so far beneath me that i wouldn't run it alongside melee because i feel like uh, the fighting game community in general has so much to offer each other by embracing the different types of fighting games that we have so yeah, I'm, I'm all for that kind of thing. That's why I love the Weekly Wave because there was always all sorts of stuff happening at the Weekly Wave. Not just Melee and Ultimate, but like League of Legends and Fortnite and all kinds of different things. All, Dragon Ball Fighters is so sick to watch. I, I'm so bad at that game, but I love Dragon Ball and it's so sick to watch. So that, I think that's my bottom line is that any game that can come and maybe bring people to watch it might bring people to watch other games that are there too. So.
0: And that's, that's why it's like out. EVO are such a big deal.
1: Totally.
0: Yep. Yeah. That is unfortunate that we're not at Evo. But what about what about this whole Papa John stuff and the Smash World Tour, and then the alleged Nintendo and Panda Global, not Panda Global. I think it's just Panda now. The the their circuit as well. There's going to be stuff like that happening this summer. It's really cool that Papa John's is sponsoring a bunch of that stuff. It's really cool that Smash World Tour is back. It, I I'm excited to hear details about the about the about the Nintendo and panda tournament series at some point but for the time being we have all these events that sort of loosely tied together and or have a lot of baked in hype because they're existing majors and super majors so for you you're, you said you're planning on going to Gommel for 2022 in Toronto so you'll be making a return you'll be like hey 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 guess who, who's his Remember favorite me? Puff player is back Toronto yes. baby
1: that's what it's going to be yes Oh, I can't wait for that, dude. It's going to be great to get back to the major scene, see people in person that I saw back in Toronto. It's going to be awesome. But
0: what about what about other events? Are you going to try to get to any other events this year, or what does it look like for you in those in that sense?
1: Well, I am just about finished my fourth year of university, and so I'll be planning to go back to Toronto in September to finish it off. I kind of got slowed down a bit by the pandemic. Of course, of course. In. Yeah, but... um. Uh, in that sense, if I'm gonna be in Toronto, I like that's as far as I've really planned ahead. But I'm pretty sure Big House is in Michigan, right?
0: Mm, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. So if 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 I can get on board with a convoy, of people, because Toronto is not that far from Michigan, go do like a little road trip action. I'd be down for that. I'm wow. I'm a very spontaneous dude. Like I would very much be down to make plans to go to majors, make road trips because I, I like. Yeah, I'm I'm always down for that. That's a big it's a big part of what I love about melee.
0: I myself am trying to get to the big house. I really want to go to the big house. It's gonna be probably a flight involved or maybe just a couple of crazy people like me, because I could drive. I just need a few other people to do that, make it make more sense. To do that, I'm not driving to Michigan by myself, to Detroit, Michigan by myself. But if I could get other people to do that, that'd be kinda cool. So maybe yeah, what we'll you get need, to
1: what you need is to get a big van and get the battery plug-in for your CRT so you get melee set up at that center console and then you get a rotation going on. Driver goes to passenger, passenger goes to the back for melee and we it.
0: can't do winter stays because the best player is never going to drive.
1: <laughs> best player is going to be so motivated they'll never have to touch the steering wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have yeah. you gotten
0: to ride in such vans? Do they exist? One
1: time, one time I did do that. Yeah, when we went to when we went to Gomel, I think it was 2016 or 2017, one of those two years. We went to Gomel and uh, yeah, we drove up and we rocked the CRT and Mario Party, not just melee Mario Party in the van too. It Very pretty cool.
0: Epic. Yeah. That's awesome. I now want this to happen. I, I I guess I wanted an RV later in life, like a l- long time from now. So as long as my setup still works, dang it, I'm just going to have to hire somebody to drive for me. I'm the driver in my family. So unfortunately, like when it involves like going places... It's like who's driving? Well, Jesse's driving, and I go, "Oh, okay, <laughs> I'll do that." Yeah, but
1: then if you get a bunch of the Smash homies and you just decide, "Oh, well, let's like take four months and just hit up all these majors in a row, just go on a big road trip or something," and then you'll be able to share the, uh, yeah, share the weight.
0: That would be, yes, share the load. Yes, that would be awesome. Twenty sixty six. Let's make it happen.
1: <laughs> yeah should be free by then
0: i'm serious Dude. i'm not i do not i'm the rv is not near in my future i need to build up build up self-value monetary wise but then we'll get there we'll get there so your plans okay. for now gommel possibly the big house for me it's pound possibly smash con possibly the big house or at least i, I really want to go to the big house just because i know how Legendary of a tournament series that is. You said you went yeah. to gommel's twenty sixteen. Do you remember the M2K versus Nun set?
1: That confirms that it was twenty seventeen, definitely, that I was there. Because I don't think that set happened the year that I was there. The okay, gotcha. The after that.
0: that feels like something that you would probably remember just I would because...
1: definitely remember it if I saw it live. Yeah. You know, the <laughs>
0: Canadian, sure. you know, nun well. Yes, officially Canadian. Oh gosh, now that I'm thinking about it, is none actually legit citizen of Canada or? Not? You asked
1: him; he'd probably say he was Canadian. Maybe oh. he'd say he was Nicaraguan, but I'm not sure.
0: I don't know. I don't know for sure. I don't want to get it wrong though. Well, Nicaragua, Canada—we've covered both, but none f- definitely with roots in Canada compared to Mewtwo King, who. And you I mean MTK has been just about everywhere. It doesn't necessarily have roots in in Canada first. Probably Florida first, New Jersey second, possibly, but not right. not Toronto. That would have been something that probably would be worth remembering. I'm hoping for something super crazy to happen at Pound, but it's going to be tricky because this weekend is Genesis. So, I have any thoughts about who's going to be winning this weekend?
1: I do not, but I'm just looking forward to watching it but what i did want to say something that you reminded me of was that i didn't see m2k versus none at gommel but i did see none versus mango at the most recent eglx where none i know what set
0: you're talking about
1: dude i was there in the audience watching that set that was a wild set I, i i was shocked as i feel like most people were when you have these gods of the game who have the reputations like mango doesn't lose to this character and then you see it happen you're like this man just did the impossible. None just did the impossible, right? Before, but he's done it again. Like you know, how many times can one man do the impossible? Yeah, it's super exciting. I met Ed too. He's he's a nice guy. Who he will, came to the weekly wave once? Oh, very cool.
0: But who will you be rooting for? I mean, are you rooting for the the hungry box like pop off of the century, or are you rooting for Mango to sort of just own the one seed and take I'm, it all?
1: I'm glad you gave me this opportunity to say this because while I am a Jigglypuff main and I watch Hbox from a place of deep respect, and like, oh, he does that in this competitive setting. Like, I should try to implement that or whatever. I'm not rooting for him. I'm not rooting for him to win. Because I'm deep down, I'm a pretty big Mango fan. I feel like in my heart of hearts, Mango's going to find a way to take it because he's Mango. But also, Zayn's probably going to win. Like, let's be honest. If Zane's not in the top two, I will be shocked. That guy's just off the rails nuts. And you could see how much he grinds that inspires me personally when i'm done with school i want to get on the grind because i want to be able to say that i'm doing everything i can to get better at this game you know and pe- players like zane are super inspiring in that sense because they just take the agency upon themselves to grind this game to the max and become good and contend with our top players before zane showed up people just thought that nobody could beat hbox with marth pretty much and now it's like yeah. so that kind of shit is the is another part of the core of melee that keeps me be- coming back for sure
0: I'm just thinking but. about how I'm just thinking about how for Zane there's this uh, almost this narrative that he's he hasn't really won anything when he literally won Genesis seven. I think a lot of people forget about that for some reason, but he went through mango to do that. I think it was mango versus Zane winners finals. Because I believe it was Zane versus Hungerbox in Winter Semis. Something to that effect. And then Hungerbox comes out of Losers. It's Grand Finals, the windmill thing. You know, Zane wins. And Genesis yeah. 7 is a... That was a big event, okay? There was a lot of good players there. It was a super major, dadgummit. Uh, and I know that <laughs> afterwards, there was only two other events. I know that Smash Summit, I want to say nine or ten... Ha- no, it was nine, I think, actually, happened. And Hungerbox won that over Plup. And so it was like, oh, Zayn didn't, you know, own that event. I remember it was Valentine's Day themed.
1: I mean, I remember when Zayn won Genesis, but I'm pretty sure that was after he had already won Shine over Hungry Box.
0: Oh yeah, Shine 2018. But like, I, I think people were like, well, it's Shine, <laughs> like, no disrespect. Yeah, which doesn't or make any sense
1: because the same <laughs> it's player, a big
0: event. It's a big old yeah. event. Shine, Shine's a Shine's a super major series, I, and I know that it's not as old as Pound or as old as Genesis, but shine is like yeah it's it's a really big event i'm glad they're having it again this year
1: yeah for sure and i think i think people need to not discredit wins on that regard like oh well he beat him at shine like who cares like a win at a major versus a super major like those both mean a lot it doesn't matter when you're dealing with a player like hungry box who's like top five in the world so
0: i'd be tickled pink to win a major or a super major i wouldn't be like d- like uh parsing oh, i
1: won't Damn it! Why couldn't I have won a real tournament? Like... <laughs> yeah, so that's my that's my bet for Genesis is that we're either gonna get a main a Mango Zane grand finals or maybe like oh
0: Mango Zane I don't grand know. finals maybe
1: maybe, maybe sfat will finally beat Zane. Mm. That's my that's my hard prediction. I keep waiting for eventually it's gonna happen. That's eventually that's that's the... gonna win. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is going to be this is the crucial thing here is that this will be coming out next week after everything happens. So take it with a grain of salt for people who I mean including myself and you we're now watching this from the future saying, "Man, got it so wrong." So let me think. I want to say I think Zayn is going to win the tournament or Mango and then my dark horse pick my dark horse pick is going to be Amsa because I really want AMSA to win a big event like Genesis 8, first of all. But also, I think that there were tournaments where it was kind of like stacking up to be favored towards him, and it just didn't quite work out. Something would happen. I think most recently for Summit 12, people were saying at Summit 12, AMSA could win this. And then, like everybody else who played IBDW that weekend... Amsa runs in the IBDW, gets cut down like, you know, chainsaw on a tree, and IBDW wins that event over Mango and Zane, which is like, like congratulations to Cody. That's such a big win. That's yeah. really cool. So good for you. Yeah. But then I think. But it oh, felt AMSA.
1: like Amsa's tournament, too, for sure. It definitely felt like it was Amsa's to win. And that's one of the things that, like, going into watching a major is like, if this happens, I'll be satisfied regardless of the final outcome. And one of those things for me is usually always Amsa making top eight, because I love to see Amsa do well. His, his Yoshi is just so cracked and fun to watch: you got any so, plans
0: yeah. for watching the top eight Sunday though
1: I'm trying to get the boys together because a couple of my uh, smash friends locally are leaving the province soon so if we can get together for a little watch party that would be super sweet
0: at 10 o'clock starts at 10 o'clock at, and you're at your Atlantic time:
1: 10 o'clock at night
0: because right now it's 957 for you yeah
1: that's Right now, where I am, yes, that's correct.
0: And if Top Eight starts at nine o'clock Eastern, which that's when it does start at nine o'clock Eastern, dude, I was so mad that Ultimate goes first. They're having it's gonna Ultimate be a late go night. I, I mean, gotta work the next day.
1: Yeah, but we've all been but, there. But we've, I'm we've all been it. there watching Top Eight, but we have to do shit the next day. Like fucking the time zone screwed me over, but I can't miss this. I gotta exactly. see it. Like yeah, I
0: was I was lying in bed, like waiting for Mango's run to die at Summit eleven. I was like, As soon as Mango gets eliminated, I'm going I'm, I'm going, going to, to sleep. Bed. I'm going to sleep. No, I was already in bed. I was ready to go to sleep. <laughs> but it's like twelve thirty at <laughs> night and Mango wins the first set of grand finals and I'm just like bouncing up and down in my bed trying not to wake up my <laughs> wife and I'm like
1: Dude, I love that feeling, because I remember <laughs> that feeling specifically for the summit that Mango won recently, and then being reminded that it was the same feeling I had watching Mango win Royal Flush from my bed, like sitting watching him beat Armada, like oh, those like wow. magical moments that just sneak up on you. Yeah, dude. I hope that whatever happens, we're going to get to see some good melee this month, because I feel like Genesis was uh, delayed pretty considerably from yeah the original air date, so people are ready to to show up and make a name for themselves and which got me thinking i do have one more dark horse pick for top eight in in genesis
0: not for winning but just for making top eight
1: yeah i um i think wizzy's gonna do well if he's there at his full capacity i
0: I don't know how much i'm sure he's been practicing offline a lot but i just don't see much of him and i i wonder what's he doing and it it's not because you have to be on stream playing super awesome, sweaty melee in order to be grinding. I think Wizzy's been described as one of those people that just is not online as much or on stream as much grinding, but is just doing offline, off stream grinding with melee, getting top player practice in. Yeah. But you're rooting for you a Falcon for- player? That's interesting. Well, Let's go frog. I wanna-
1: not necessarily that i'm rooting for him but if i had to pick a falcon who i think is going to do well i'd probably give it to wizzy as much as deep inside i want to see s2j pop off i just like i want to see like if i had to pick a falcon who was going to do well i think i'd have to be biased and say none right but looking at it realistically who i think would probably do like a like the best chances probably wizzy you know, he's got that experience. Because like you say, he's once you reach that certain point where you're taking majors and super majors from the best players that play, you don't ne- even necessarily have to grind it on stream seven hours a day, five days a week, because you just have that like innate avatar mode that you can access, you know?
0: <laughs> the most out of left corner, out of left field chic player to make top eight, I'm hoping J Mook takes some names this 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 weekend. Because J Mook when he shows up, does really, really well, but he doesn't really show up, like, at all. There's maybe three or four events where you'll see him, and he'll make top eight and then disappear for, like, three months afterwards, and we'll all go, aw. But Jay Mook mm. is, is, in, is in bracket for Genesis 8, and I think that maybe, there's, maybe there's something there. Who knows? Did well at Smash World Tour and did well at a few online events last year, like, for local fight night, that kind of stuff, but again, just doesn't compete super often. And I really hope to see a little bit of a little bit of a pop off there. I mean, there's all kinds of players that I would love to see make top eight because I've interviewed enough people from different communities where they talk about the top players that represent their region, that kind of stuff. And I go, oh, it'd be so cool to see this, that, and third, and including like you know the the, the quote unquote mid level players. If somebody just goes on the hottest run of all time and makes it to top eight, even if it's loser's side, I mean, that would be just super super cool. There there was a there was Genesis six where PPU makes top eight winner side and plays against hungry box. I mean, just to have that, I know that PPU was, was pretty much, you know, in the echelon of high level player, top level player. When he did that, there's just, it's so cool. You, you, if you have seven familiar faces, but then you have the one last eighth person, not super well known across the entire community. And it's a viewership of a hundred thousand plus people. And this is your chance to show the world what you got. I love yes. rooting for that player.
1: Totally. It's like a big spotlight on the fact that it's their opportunity and the storyline that they had to come through to get to that point. You know mm. what I mean? That's yeah, super exciting. And I think Genesis, in a sense, is the the tournament of storylines. It's got so much stuff. So many players want to use it as an opportunity to show, like you say, that they've got the stuff. They've got what it takes. And that actually reminded me, again, I have to say another Falcon, my man Midnight Blue. He, run, he went out to San Jose for the tournament, and uh, yeah, I hope he does well. Hopefully he has a good run. He's a, he's a dope up-and-coming Falcon.
0: Let's go. I was able to talk to Salt, who wants to make a deep run for Genesis. He's like, I think I could do it. I just have to get past this player, this player, this player, and he's naming them off, and I'm going, oh, my gosh. <laughs> good well, luck. good luck. I mean, like, it, it's tricky. You, in, order to, in order to get there, you got to beat top players. Like people yeah. who have either beaten you consistently in the past or you have no, haven't had a chance to play before, but they're, they're just that good, that kind of stuff.
1: And I think that um, I probably brought this up before, but that idea that you can come to a melee tournament and believe in yourself to the point that, well, I've practiced and I, I'm, I'm big into this game and why... Why do I have any less of a chance at beating this top player than anybody else? Like I'm just gonna go for it and get into the zone, and then that's when magic happens, like a big upset, and then you see this name in top eight or top sixteen. Like who's this guy? Who they beat so and so in order to get here? Like that's crazy, you know. And I look forward to the, the the upcoming times in my life where I'll have the opportunity to to show my stuff too. Let's go. In there.
0: Let's go. Really excited to see Little Mint's in top eight for Gamel 2023. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah,
1: that would be Winter's finals versus Mango. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I can't wait to complete compete. Though. It's going to be Angry so. Your box fun. would
0: be co-streaming or side-streaming it, or what's the word? It's not co-streaming or side-streaming. Is it um view-streaming the event or whatever? I don't know. They're just what, the... you're
1: streaming it off your phone. They're like... just.
0: I don't know. He would either be he would he would be at home watching the stream from his stream and be like, "Who's this puff player. Oh, oh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Yeah, man. And then yeah, was- uh, you would like do something where he'd go. I would never do that. So that would be that would be would that would be one of your favorite things, I'm sure. Like in terms of reactions upon doing something super super awesome to mango and grand finals of gommel 2023 and hearing everybody and especially Hungerbox saying like i would never do that and i was like
1: (laughs) well everybody wants to define themselves right nobody Mm. i feel like like you practice and put a lot into your your character you don't want to hear oh well you play kind of like this player like you want to have something that defines yourself so definitely yeah i think everybody's looking for that that little bit of validation like you do something different from everybody else and that's the great part about melee is that there's so much opportunity for you to express yourself in a unique way and that's awesome
0: who do people say that you play like though uh uh
1: i jeez i i don't know i guess i get some people have said that they kind of i kind of remind them of like tech but people use H-Box is just so synonymous with Puff, right? That it's kind of inescapable that if you do something clutch or do something cool, people are going to be like, yo, he H-Boxed that, or yo, he Clutchboxed that. So I'm like, I mean, I've heard that quite a few times because being clutch with Jigglypuff is just, you can't detach it from the man, the myth, the legend.
0: There's been literally hundreds of Clutchbox pop-off moments thanks to online. And, you know, of course, a 15-ish career leading up to that, so very understandable that you have to deal with that comparison all the time totally makes sense but if you do it enough times could be the little mitts
1: could be do something cool and unique enough and all of a sudden
0: and you do it enough times you know what i mean you just you know it's just like (laughs) hungry bucks who (laughs) who's that
1: i do have one thing to my name that i'm very very proud of as far as i know the doing the rollout onto randall and back to grab ledge is the that's the little I'm that is such
0: that. a move dude that's so cool but, i want to try to do that now the next time i play puff.
1: <laughs> it's fun it's actually a lot harder on the left side than it is on the right side fun oh fact. interesting yeah because the way the cloud moves away randall on the left side going away and on the on the right side he comes towards the stage yeah
0: oh okay yeah i see what you're saying now that makes sense yep
1: yeah. I actually discovered that by accident in a doubles tournament. I just rolled it out off stage and accidentally landed on Randall and then went back, hit somebody, and then they bounced off the side of Yoshi's and died. I was like, I have to lab this. I have to <laughs> lab this right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's so cool. So, to get you rolling out here, I want to make sure you have a chance to tell the people where they can find you as well as any shout outs you want to make. That's what I want to say. Shout outs or final thoughts, that kind of stuff.
1: Uh, Okay. Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, SSBM underscore little mitts, and I'm going to be live streaming on Twitch a lot more soon because I'm done with uh, school. So you can find me at twitch.tv slash Benickerson. And I just want to shout out all of the homies from Twitter and also from Nova Scotia who helped me to practice and get better. And, who believe in me and cheer for me in this game as I sometimes do well and sometimes do less than well. Um, And yeah, it's all, it's great to be a part of the community of people that are all just trying to uh, help each other improve, get better at something that we all think is really awesome. So long live melee. And thank you for having me on here, man. It's been great.
0: It's been awesome to have you. I can't wait to see you win bigger and better numbers, big tournaments on your own terms. And I'll be making sure to spam and chat. That was Little Mitz at everything cool that you do. That was the Little Mitz. So <laughs> once again, Ben, thank you so much for joining me on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Thank you.